0: listening to Fox Sports
1: Radio. I think Colin was wrong today. So he let off the show or in the first segment he said right here in FSR FSR Colin Coward the herd, uh, one of the most popular shows if not the most popular radio show sports related in the country. And you know what? He, he's not always right by his own admission personally i disagree you know i listen very intently so when i do that there's going to be a lot of disagreement whoever mostly
0: you're good at finding the mistakes
1: i try but you know it's tough on me find the cracks it's tough on me though cuz i got to find my own and, it, and and there are a lot of them and then uh, it becomes long weekends thank god i don't drink anymore <laughs> he said brady and the bucks are effectively a b team that they have a chance to win the Super Bowl like they did last year, but they're not as good as Arizona. They're not as good as Kansas City. He was talking about the teams that had another gear. And his rationale was, if you look at the stats for Tampa Bay this year, and you look at the stats for the same number of games last, last year, they're pretty aligned. Now, the losses, there was a few more last year, but if you look at the underlying stats, pretty aligned. The speculation was... Hey, listen, Brady, first year with a team, usually they start slow, and they did. What were they, seven and five, and then they were undefeated after the bye. That meant that they grew, they evolved as a team. You would suspect Tampa Bay did. Number two, COVID made it, uh, there was limited preparation time, so that was even accentuated. The limited time was even more the case. For the Bucks last year. And across the league, teams with new coaches and new quarterbacks didn't do as well last year as they, you know, as expected. And then you can make the last piece key parts of that team. Gronk and A B last year. You know, A B came on midseason. There were, you know, th- there was a sense of them coming together late because you know what? A lot of the key players arrived late. And think about the Super Bowl. Gronk did well, A B did well. And Gronk, it was more about getting into shape and getting into football shape after an off, what was he off, two years or one? Two. Two years. So why wouldn't this year be better? But it isn't statistically. But I disagree. Now, he'd said it and just dismissed it. But if you look at the injuries this year and you say Tampa Bay's injuries, how much are they? Because last year, Tampa Bay was the least injured team in the NFL. Yes. And that's a lot of that, if not almost all of it, is luck. Teams, there's no correlation year to year. Now, certain players might be really injury prone, but those are the exceptions. I mean, just if you look at team lost games, there's no correlation year to year that anyone's found that I've seen. So, Tampa got lucky being healthy last year, and Tampa got so far unlucky this year being unhealthy. I think that effect is about the size of what improvement you would have expected. If you want to say this year is the same as last year, okay, but we benefited from, if you're a Tampa um, fan or team member, uh, more prep time, non-COVID, all that second year in the system. But now you have a negative. That's a positive. Now you have a negative, which is an inordinate number of injuries, way above average, key players, cluster injuries in the secondary. Yep. Someone saying Richard Jefferson's back and say he was on the couch Richard Sherman weeks. Oh Sherman yeah, he was on the couch six weeks ago and and now he's he's coming back and it's some exciting thing well, yeah, it's better than the alternative, but sure. it's not the starters, at least the original ones so how much and let me ask you AJ do you agree with me and number two, how much uh, 10%, 20%, let us do percent. How much better is Tampa if they were as healthy this year as last year?
0: I, I think they're probably 20% better. Yeah, that I, sounds I, about right. I dude. agree with you completely. And, and for Colin to say the Bucks are a B team, I think is— Well, is, that's
1: not bash Colin.
0: I'm not bashing Colin. And, and again, let me, I think let me Colin misspoke.
1: No, no. <laughs> but, but no, he meant his— po- Listen, he's not afraid. He, he likes his point.
0: Okay, then Colin was just wrong on this I, one.
1: I disagree with him. I'm not sure who's right or wrong. I just know what my opinion is. Okay. I, that's always interesting. Like Fezzik does this. Is, oh, he used to. Is it be like, let's say it's an opinion on uh, the best pizza in town. right? And I say San Giorgio, whatever. And if someone else goes, correct. It's like, well, wait a minute. It's like they have the answers in the back of their yes. book or something, right? So I don't know if he's right or wrong, but I disagree. with I'm that. the so, one with the my-
0: computer in front of me. I'm telling you, the, the internet says you're right.
1: But you don't. But you don't. You don't talk like a computer. The malfunctions. No, okay. no. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Continue.
0: I think when you think about Antonio Brown missing the chunks of games that he has, when you think about Rob more Gronkowski, chunks. it's been more in chunks. Rob Gronkowski's missed basically half the season. Uh, Sean Murphy, Burton, Carlton Davis. You mentioned the. the, the the cluster injuries in the secondary been out most of the season. That stuff is is major. Vita Vea, missed, you know, missing. Well, g-
1: I mean, how long is he out for? I, he I don't know.
0: Even... But, I mean, these are, these are things they didn't deal with last year and they're dealing with now, yet they're still sitting here as the Super Bowl favorites. I would say they've only got a chance to get better as the season goes on because you assume that that sort of evens itself out.
1: And that's Brady through Belichick, a la Belichick's approach generally to get back. I think it's fair to say that the expected improvement in Tampa year one to year two is completely encompassed and has been uh, rained upon in a way. The parade was rained upon, not the Super Bowl parade. That still might come, and the last one did. I think it's about even. And if this team got healthy, as you know, to what I, a normal degree, not a special degree, but a normal degree, I think their improvement will be about what we have
0: expected. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's take a look at the MVP odds. There is a new sheriff in town, plus 275, Thomas Brady, the favorite now.
1: And he is what you may call a prohibitive favorite. He's about three to one, we'll say. And the next favorite. Is Josh Allen at six to one? Ha, ha, ha. Are they freaking kidding? <laughs> Josh Allen? This might make me make a bet on Brady because if they're having to prop up a number two that clearly isn't gonna be, I mean, let's just say up to this point, he's what, 20th, 25th as Josh Allen for a performance that was the most valuable? What, against the Houston Texans? Like that touchdown that got him up from thirty-eight to forty-five—is that the one?
0: That must be what they're looking at.
1: I mean, I gotta be honest with you; it it completely befuddles me.
0: I think what we've seen is a lot of the players that were in the conversation have had injury issues. Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott—that sort of bumped them down the list. Aaron Rodgers injury issues? That well, injury or time missed issues. Mm -hmm. Okay, I should have said.
1: Yeah, that's my point. Is the viable candidates? Are becoming less and less. And thus, it may be just by a process of elimination that Brady wins. And if you're getting nearly three to one, so let's think about this. Josh Allen, then Dak Prescott. He's had some bad games. You could say Dak still could, I guess. I could see that. Stafford,
0: really? It's Stafford, number one in the league in QBR. He, it- yeah, I mean, what I'm saying is,
1: it's, you can't, that's a good stat. I mean, when you've got, I mean, literally his second year, Mitch Trubisky was two in QBR. So, go ahead.
0: I, I think at some point, though, the MVP, what it boils down to is who's a great player on a team that's had a lot of success. As we see Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's teams, teams that were expected to do really well, underperform, I feel like those guys are less likely to be looked at. For sure. And the the guys on teams who are winning the most I mean, games. Right
1: now, Tom Brady is – I mean – the, uh, and then the one you would think that it's doing better is the Cardinals, and they've done amazingly well. I mean, without – Kyler Murray for multiple games, which is why Kyler Murray is down there at the ninth favorite at 13-1. to So let's go back. It's Dak Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. There's no chance of Aaron Rodgers winning it. His stats aren't that good. I mean, he won it last year. They they rarely give it two years in a row to the same guy. There's a bias against. Because it's narrative. They don't want it to be boring. Then Mahomes. Now, I heard a guy on PFF... I think Kevin Cole is his name, but I listen to his podcast. Kevin's his first name for sure. And he said Herbert's a sneaky pick. So Herbert's 10 to
0: 1. When I looked at Justin Herbert's stats today, I was kind of wowed. I I, I knew that he'd well, been good.
1: Give us the baseball or the football cards. He's
0: second in the league in QBR, third in PFF. I mean, he's, So now
1: here's what we believe. QBR, we count for about half of it and PFF half of it. Now, statistically, PFF's quarterback grade is more predictive. Now, what does that mean? That means if you're looking backwards, this is a question we're going to talk about here before the end of the show, the end of the hour. We're going to talk about what we're looking for in the college football playoff rankings being revealed. And the question I always ask is is this looking backwards trying to say who's played well up to this point or is this looking forward to say who's going to be the most competitive in the college football playoffs It seems like they never say I know that and it's different stuff you look like if a, let's say for example that a team has a bunch of interceptions the Dallas Cowboys for example that is something that history tells us has a lot of luck in it. A lot of luck. One year, a team's a ball-hawking defense. Next year, they're suddenly not for some reason. How often is the same defense ball-hawking like three years in a row? Rarely. Ever? Because even the great Ds like the Ravens, tip it. you maybe get a few more turnovers if you're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback and you throw. you he got to throw quick more. But, boy, we're talking about a few. And that's with the best pressure teams. So if we're looking about who's performed well up to this point, we don't care interception. It's like, look at the scoreboard, look at the yards maybe. But, but if you're trying to predict the future, which is what we do, you got to consider more than just w- looking backwards. And that's where PFF comes in because they're trying to abstract out how good the quarterback's playing from the QBR. Because the QBR effectively is about the passing offense, Right. I mean, there's running involved, yeah. but it's about the, pa- the quarterback passing in that offense yes. the vast majority. Well, the O-line matters. The receivers matter. Drop passes matter. PFF doesn't consider any of that. It's all about how the qu- if the quarterback throws it 70 yards, guy drops it right on the mark, quarterback gets the same grade as if he had caught it. And that makes sense. So if you split the difference between PFF – and QBR, meaning half and half. I think you got a heck of a predictive, mo- a real good model. And if we did that, I'm thinking Herbert would have the best score, right? I
0: think he would. I, I know that. I mean, uh, we,
1: we can scan it and see, but he was what again? Repeat.
0: Uh, second QBR, third in PFF. And for example, Kirk Cousins, who is second in PFF, is like 16th in QBR. So yeah. usually there's some sort of discrepancy.
1: I ball that real quick, McKenzie. See if you can get that, but don't make a mistake. <laughs> no, I guess if they can't prove it, I won't dang him on that. Tom
0: Brady by the way, number 1 in PFF, number 3 in QBR, the only one close top 5 in both.
1: So now this good. Good. This is interesting cuz it feels like the two uncorrupted candidates this year. Like there isn't that disqualifying element. I feel like that Josh Allen isn't disqualified, but I feel like he's coming from a big deficit. Dak, I don't know. I mean, Stafford, I don't know. I mean, there's no excitement about. I mean, yeah, you could they could rattle off six straight games, right? Sure. Someone, but who else is even viable? Lamar Jackson, no. Kyler Murray, you can't miss that he's many missed three games. Three games. Some guy named Jonathan Taylor. That's he's called a quarterback. Back. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, obviously. They're having
0: a phenomenal season, but the odds of a non-quarterback winning pretty 20 slim. Twenty
1: to one. Ryan Tannehill? Did they see?
0: They didn't watch this week. Joe
1: Burrow, Cooper Cup.
0: There's. I think we could stop reading. John Gruden. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, (laughs) Santa Claus? What?
1: I I mean, it's like I'm telling you right now. Those two players that really feel like they have a clear path: Tom Brady, who's the favorite, and Herbert. Do you disagree?
0: I think Matt Stafford is still in that conversation. Boy, I mean, when's he played well last? He, they had two bad weeks in a row. They're coming off a I'm bye. I'm not talking about just the Rams. I'm talking about his play. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: So there's six teams left. Yes. Meaning there's the winner of the High State Michigan, winner of the Oklahoma Oklahoma State. So my next natural question was well, who's going to be outside looking in, assuming things go the way we expect? And obviously, Oklahoma Oklahoma State. So it's like, okay, that winner. And then Notre Dame. Yes. Obviously. And then I said, so if Cincy wins out, they're in. Because I've been saying they're in from when they were like nine to one, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember? Okay. And you said, well, no. <laughs> and I said, why? And you said, politics. That's not an answer. Explain the scenario that they could, where something that would be even viable, that would even pass muster, that wouldn't cause a riot. That that. And I'll say, let's assume, the worst move the committee's ever made to try to help themselves. Because why don't they want Cincy? Because they're not part of the... Power Five, and so what is that? Is that that they don't? If since he gets more money, he doesn't have to pay the NCAA or something? Like, what's the distinction to them even?
0: I think the distinction is that if they let Cincinnati in, they're t- they're saying that strength of schedule means zero.
1: Well, no, but strength of schedule when it's not that bad doesn't totally eliminate you. I mean, the question. I mean, BYU. It's like if your strength of schedule is seven points worse and you're winning by 10 points more, you're overperforming. Right? So, but explain to me the move they would make if things go the way we think and it like they would take Notre Dame or Oklahoma Oklahoma State over Cincinnati. How would that happen?
0: Because Oklahoma State, let's say Oklahoma State wins this weekend, Oklahoma's gone. Oklahoma State would play Baylor this this next week in oh, the no, Big 12 Baylor? Championship. Baylor? Baylor would be the second best win on Cincinnati's resume. Okay. I mean, it's a—it's so, not but, but nothing. Baylor's saying, got one but, loss, two losses.
1: Okay, but then at the, if they win that game, Oklahoma State has one, mm-hmm. and Cincinnati's unfreaking defeated. Yes, and they're going to say we're going to jump you. Yes. Well, let's
0: make another. I don't. I don't you think to it's, make another bet on. No, Allen? I don't. But I just think that for you to say like, oh, they would never do such a I thing is think insane. They, because
1: what's the most egregious thing they've done? I mean, what is the most egregious thing the committee has done? <sighs> now you, how's this sound? Let's talk real quick about Mahomes. And because we've been talking, can Oh, well I guess we did. We were saying he's like yeah. 18th or whatever. So we'll keep looking into this, but I do really believe this issue or the MVP, right now the people with a clear path are Brady and Herbert. M- maybe Herbert at 10 to 1's a good bet. Uh, tomorrow I'll make a decision on that. We got a little business, right? Oh, did you come up with anything? No, I didn't. So I'm I'm giving you the out. Say the the committee has never done anything nearly disagreed.
0: Not since the playoff era, but leaving Central Florida out undefeated, they said, no, not invited. Well, wait a minute, in the BCS? Well, but back when there was just two teams, they, they did do that. They, they put in a team with a loss over an undefeated team. It, it happens.
1: Well, no, no. No one's saying that undefeated teams automatically get in. If you're an undefeated team and your strength of schedule, they're like, the strength of schedule of their conference is only six points. Or the, versus Cincinnati versus the Pac 12 in general is about six points. I mean, yeah, that's something, but, man, it, it, it doesn't mean it's. – let's just say this. You, only one team has the hardest strength to schedule. Everyone yes. else is behind them. Why arbitrarily Cincinnati is going to fall into the could-never-make-it category, I don't understand.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.